Um, did you show her any Simpsons references after you guys watched the movies? I did. Yes, he did. I showed her the uh, the graduate. Mrs. Boomer. Yeah, Mrs. Boomer. Yeah. And, and Wayne, Wayne's World. Wayne's oh, World 2 at the end of Wayne's World 2. Okay. Yeah, I've only seen Wayne's World once. I totally spaced on that mm-hmm. one. So Yeah. Welcome to another episode of Customers Also Watch, the podcast where I follow a trail of movies on Amazon Prime, strictly following the Customers Also Watch list. But this is a special edition episode with Rebecca. Hey! And Jordan. A hearty hello to you. Aww. Aww. And happy Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day. But... He's a saint and stuff and he, things. He is. I don't, I don't know anything else about it, but I know that my mom would always tie balloons to my chair in the morning and give me a giant Hershey's kiss, and that's how I remember Valentine's Day. Okay. She'd also tie balloons to my chair for my birthday. Mm. Balloons are awesome. I want balloons. I just got, like, X-Men Valentines from my classmates. See, we did, we did that, and that was fine. We did the—I remember high school, we did singing telegrams— they did silk roses at my high school, and I was like, everything about this is dumb. Uh, All of my friends were in choir, so singing telegrams were great, because then you would just have your friends show up to sing to you, but since yeah. you knew the singers, it really didn't matter who the singing telegram came from. Yeah. It was more entertaining, because my friends were singing and being silly. Yeah, that makes sense. I just, I don't like anything about this holiday. <laughs> what about the day after, when all the candy goes on sale? Uh, sure. I mean, I mean, you can get that for Halloween too, though. Yeah, so. and like Easter and stuff. But I like it's it's a nice holiday. It's right before Easter, where you can get all your half off candy. And the Reese's people make like like the giant Reese's hearts. And that's right. Yeah, my life is ruled by day after candy sales. Okay, so you know what I like about the the holiday Reese's peanut butter cup things? Yes. So regular Reese's peanut butter cups, the proportion of chocolate to peanut butter is probably 50-50. Yeah. I am not the biggest fan of chocolate. In fact, I don't care for it really at all. Um, Like, there's nothing more disgusting to me than just, like, a Hershey's chocolate bar. Just, Anyway. man. Well. Boxes of seized candy. Like, I have never found a seized candy flavor that I like, ever. So, when it comes to the Halloween, or not just Halloween, the the holiday Reese's whatever, trees, hearts. uh, Eggs. Eggs. The proportion of peanut butter to chocolate—it's perfect. It's it's perfect. It goes signif- The peanut butter goes significantly up. Becca found even something better once that Ooh. she brought to me, and it's they make the peanut butter cups now where it just the spills over like the peanut butter just is most of it. Like it, it's even on the top. You know top. how like on oh. the top it's normally chocolate, and then yeah. you have like your underneath cup, and that's chocolate, and it makes like the whole casing. Yeah. Well, they made these peanut butter lovers. Reese's for a brief period of time. <gasps> they they had chocolate lovers and peanut butter lovers, and I don't really know what the chocolate levels lovers was. Where I, I don't know, chocolate. I didn't eat them. Um, okay. But the peanut butter lovers ones had the peanut butter on the top too, so oh it was like God. that just a magical really thin cup of chocolate. Just a little thin cup of chocolate. It was like perfect, and I ravaged gas stations. Like it became a point <laughs> yeah. where I was stopping at every gas station, and I'd be like, Jordan. I found one package. <laughs> I got them. Don't worry. If you find them, please report back. I will. And also please share because yeah. I would love to try that in my life. I will They're happily so share them. I okay. did not share many of them because okay. they were I just delicious. Need a bite. Like, you can just break off a piece. Just let me try it. Let, just let, me, let me fucking taste that dragon. I so. think you can <laughs> maybe. Yeah. Just give me that peanut butter. <laughs> I think you might be able to like order a case of them on Amazon, but mm-hmm. it's like a case. It's not like. One package. It's a case. I'm I'm confident in my abilities to tackle that case. <laughs> I mean, I gotta try it first, but we'll we'll see. I mean, I already shamefully like went in for the Valentine's candy, and I knew I was having a rough week when I showed up and I bought an entire package of Fun Dip. Like not just like the three pack of Fun Dip, like the twenty four pack of Fun Dip. <laughs> yeah, and then proceeds to tell me today that her favorite part is the chalk stick. The chalk stick's great. She's like, I used to just open packets and eat the chalk stick, and just didn't even bother with the rest of the packet. What? Well, yeah, you can't run out of <laughs> Right? <laughs> sponsored by Candy. Yeah. <laughs> I skittles. This episode is sponsored by Candy. I'm cool with that. Like, if Hallmark wants to take over any other holiday and then just give me a shit ton of candy for it, 
that's fine. Mm, I would prefer they not take it over because any other holidays. They've got, you know, they've got Valentine's Day. Yeah. And that's enough. Valentine's Day sucks enough already, which we're going to talk about. Yeah. Not Valentine's Day specifically, but love. Love. And how much that hurts. Yeah. Let's, this um, is great. Let's talk about this, let's, Jordan. Let's talk, <laughs> let's talk about this. Let's talk about I some. love you. <laughs> love you, too. <laughs> let's talk about some uh, movies uh-huh. that have to do with love. Um, so your homework for our Valentine's episode was yes. Casablanca. Yes. Harold and Maude. Yes. And The Graduate. Yes. I am curious about your thoughts. I'm sure our listeners are too. So let's start with Casablanca. You and I watched this together. We had a, little, I did. We had a cute little date night. I know. It was super fun. It was like college style because my TV is still upstairs in my room. So we got to eat pizza on my bed like 19-year-olds in dorm rooms. And it was great. And that pizza was delicious. And I got to play video games, games guilt-free. You did. You had a video game night. You poor thing. You you first were like, well, don't I get to watch Casablanca? And I said, no. <laughs> I mean, you kind of missed out because one of the greatest movies ever. But It is a really good movie. And I, I really liked it. I also did not know really anything about it until we watched it. And then when I realized, oh, hey, this is a movie with Nazis. I can't believe I haven't watched it earlier. <laughs> so... But I loved, uh, since I didn't really go in knowing everything, it's basically, it's set in World War II and everybody's trying to get out of Europe. And in order to get out of Europe and get to another, you have to go to Casablanca, which will then send you to Lisbon, which will then send you to America. And so that's like the overarching like political statement that they're trying to make. Mm -hmm. And so um, Casablanca is uh, the French territory, but since France is occupied by the Germans, it's something where the Germans can just, like, come chill in Casablanca with, like, no seemingly huge consequences. Um, But they can just, like, show up. Um, Which is also kind of weird, because I haven't watched a movie where it's like, oh, we aren't immediately hating the Nazis? Like, this is... But it's also not set in... It was just interesting. Well, the movie is also made in... 1942 so like we don't have that six seventy years of building up our knowledge and hatred of them and so like i, I get where you're coming oh, yeah, from yeah. you know but like we haven't gotten the atrocities yet yeah so we're not at the point where like they are immediately painted as the clear vi- like we know that yeah. they're the villain in the like in the we film. know that we don't like them but, but we, we don't, don't know, know that how- they haven't mass murdered <laughs> six million people yet <laughs> right. Yeah. Or we do. We're just not doing anything about it. Nor are we going to put it in cinema. Um, yet. Yet. And then so much. Oh, so much. Um, so, but I loved, um, and essentially you have Rick, Richard, um, mm-hmm. who is everything that, uh, he's just this man. Um, he is everything. He is everything. Mm-hmm. Um, Sorry, Jordan. And so, no, not sorry. <laughs> um, and now I'm sitting here going like, and now I'm like, and his name, like his actual name is, and I know what it is. I saw it. Now I can't. Humphrey Bogart. Humphrey Bogart. Yeah, that guy. Like literally the most famous guy ever. Um, with um, <laughs> Ingrid Bergman. Ingrid Bergman. As Ilsa. As Ilsa. Ilsa with an I, not Elsa with an E. Well, Ilsa, Ilsa is more German. Yeah. So. I just watched Frozen. It was Frozen. Um, hey, just got to let it go. Okay. Oh, <laughs> God, even I know so, that So, <laughs> Humphrey Bogart owns a bar, and it's an awesome bar. Like, I would love to have gone to that bar. And he kind of plays this curmudgeon with a heart of gold. Um, and he's been, he's been wronged, but you don't really know why he's been wronged. His best friend, or I don't know if he's his best friend, um, but you have Sam, who is the piano player. So Everyone like, needs a Sam. We talked about this. Yeah, everybody needs a Sam. Like, yeah. oh, great. Like, this romance plot is fantastic. But really, you need the guy who's going to, like, get you out of trouble and then, like, be your bro and encourage you to make good decisions. Right. And, like, everybody needs a Sam. Mm-hmm. Um so you have Humphrey Bogart who owns a bar and you've got the Nazis coming in and you've got like head Nazi guy and then you've got the French policeman, um, the French pervert policeman um, who extorts women for sex for visas, but I guess as is the times. Um, <laughs> and so you have, and then you have like, what I liked was, I really loved like the whole like under, like 
I don't know, like C plot line where you have the young couple who are trying to get out who, you know, he helps, uh, Humphrey Bogart helps them because she was going to have to go. And she was so conflicted about going to go have sex with the pervert policeman to go get the visa so her and her husband could leave. And he's like, no, we're going to rig the roulette table so that way you can get your money and pay your visa. And the French policeman's like, oh, man, you messed with my groove. Right. Don't. Yeah. As is the times. You even pointed out, like, when... uh, His hair's not right? Yes, that. But you pointed out... Early on, I think after the first time he even said it, when Rick says, I stick my neck out for no one. Yes. You're like, well, obviously he's going to. Yeah, immediately. Like, he said it like twice, and I'm like, oh, this entire movie is going to be him sticking his neck out for people. And that's exactly what it is. His ex, Ingrid Bergman, shows up with her husband, apparently, and he is... And Sam plays their song, and he is just pissed, and he proceeds to just not help try not to help her in any way and her husband's actually this really great guy um who is like a resistance fighter and like nationalist and is you know resisting the germans and just like all around great guy and so it is something where like you kind of root for like you're rooting for them for humphrey brogart and Ingrid Bergman to like get back together like and but also it's something where you're like oh I feel really bad for this guy like she she left him at the train station and oh this is so sad and also like you're being a real dick I know she wronged you you're being a real dick there's more to this than that and also like dang girl you cheated on your husband and then you find out oh your husband was in a concentration camp for being a really good guy and this is also before everybody knew the other things that happened in the concentration camps. And right. I'm like, shit! <laughs> Except he probably knew. He probably knew. Um, because well, his he character... Is, his character did. Did. But... but um, yeah. the, the screenwriter did not. No. <laughs> well, yeah. So we'll forgive the screenwriter. So it turns into this really sort of... Like, when I think of, like, oh, there's action. And I'm like, there's nothing... It's a lot of talking. There's just a mm-hmm. lot and a lot of talking and a lot of, like, tension. You get to go flashback and see Humphrey Bogart and um, Ingrid Bergman, like, in there, like, when they're happy and when he's happy. And then he says, here's looking at you, kid, I think four times um, mm-hmm. was my count. Um, and you, I like how you mentioned, like, there's no one who looks at anybody like Humphrey Bogart looks like Ingrid Bergman in that scene. And I'm yeah. like, yeah, no. That, yeah, that does not exist in real life. Like, a man looking at a woman the way that he looks at her. Ugh. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. You guys suck, Jordan. All of you. Okay. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm like, did I collectively say sorry? <laughs> <laughs> Apologize for your gender. Um, all of them. <laughs> Oh, man. So, and it, it ends in a really good way in the sense of, like, and I love the camaraderie, even though, like, the husband clearly knew that there was stuff that had been going on between Humphrey Bogart and his wife, and they're having this discussion where he's like, you know, I, if I go to jail, like, please just make sure you take care of my wife, you know, and it's whatever she wants, and, like, take her out of the country, and then Humphrey Bogart, like, works with all these things to basically instead, instead of him running off with Ingrid Bergman, and we think he's going to run off with Ingrid Bergman, mm-hmm. he ends up basically using the hidden visas that you see at the very beginning of the movie to get the husband and Ingrid Bergman, like, out of the situation, and then yeah. he proceeds to shoot the German guy, yeah. um, which is great. So, I mean, every movie is vastly improved when a Nazi gets shot. Right? It's just math. It's great. (laughs) So, and then it turns into, like, this great little bromance because then he and the, like, police officer guy who have been sort of, like, I would say, it's not like they're, they're, like, they came across as kind of, like, chummy frenemies. Like, good, a good positive rivalry. Mm -hmm. And then they're like, well... We should go off and be friends together and go do friend things. And yes. then they, they go off and the movie ends. And so it was great. I really, really enjoyed it. It held my attention really well. There was drama. There was feelings. Like, I didn't hate everybody in it. Um, I liked pretty much everybody. And I was, I mean, I was kind of rooting for, I was also kind of like, man, what a relationship where it's like, oh, hey, we can be friends, but also, I mean, you never are know whether, I don't think they, like, ever sleep together or anything like that. I don't know if they, like, allude to that. Or wait. 
Yeah, but, like, it's still one of those things. I'm like, I can't believe that you've got the husband who's like, it's all cool, bro. Go off with my wife. No big deal. It's fine. And Humphrey Bogart's like, nah, man. Like, that was a while ago. Like, you go off with your wife. And I'm like, man, Ingrid Bergman. Yeah. Well, the big thing. You're great. The the big thing in this movie is what's bigger than yourself. Yeah. For Victor, it's, you know, his cause is more important than his love for his wife. Yep. You know, and... um, I hope he works on that. Uh, well, he should. Um, but, I mean, he care- He wants her to be taken care of at yeah. the same time. Like, he's still yeah. considerate of her. But then, you know, Rick does the same thing. It's like, well, his own feelings are less important than the two of them getting away and whatever yeah. else. And so it's, you know, a lot of it is sad about, Sad for like, everyone. It's, it's, it's just, you know, it's about sacrifice. It's sad. Um, we're, you know, we want to root for Rick and Elsa to get together. But at the same time, Victor is not, like some shitty guy who were like she's with that guy no he's great victor was great so i mean it's a little bit of a workaholic but i mean that's that's something you can work on but it's still it's still satisfying and it you know it teaches you know some humility and self-sacrifice and things like that so it has good morals Um, and ethics yeah um okay to cheat on your husband if you if he's locked in a concentration camp that that yeah there we've learned this rule is Yes. yes this is the rule okay so then but we need to be clear, like, concentration camp, not jail. No, not jail. Okay. Just concentration concent- camp. Okay, let's just speak. Like, yeah. Well, jail, you can check if they're there and alive. And this is true. Write letters and participate in right. grossly overpriced communications to and from jail. So, I mean, whereas concentration camps, you don't know what happens. Like, right. once they go, like, who knows? Yeah. Jordan, have you seen Casablanca? No. Nope. Never seen it. Never seen it. Okay. I guess that's why you were sad that you didn't get to watch it. I mean, I'll eventually get to it. Well, that's the plot. Yeah. But he should still watch it. He should still watch it. The the thing I I like about it, too, is that, uh, not to speak ill of your millennial generation. That's fine. But I'm, like, right on the cusp. The attention span is shot to shit. And so with a movie that is so dialogue heavy, um, and especially just, like, the fast-talking jokes, like... Yeah. Um, when he's asked, like, what's your nationality? And he says drunkard without yeah. even, like, skipping a beat. Or, you know, just, like, the back and forth is mm-hmm. so fast. It is. And, you know, because it's so dialogue heavy, anytime I, I actually tried showing this to students at one point, and they just weren't having it. Oh, yeah. I, I could believe that. That was, you know, I learned my lesson, and I was like, okay, it's I get fast it. fast dialogue back and forth between characters? Mm-hmm. So it's Gilmore Girls? I haven't seen Gilmore Girls. Do you think Erica would ever watch Gilmore uh, well, Girls? Well, how about I'm asking you? <laughs> like, that's what Gilmore Girls was. I mean, it was fast-talking dialogue. It was, like, but it was, I mean, it was also with, like, multiple accents, which is not Gilmore Girls. Well. But also, Gilmore Girls, does the dialogue really matter? I'm going to vote mm. no, even though I've never seen it. It's fine. Okay. <laughs> it's fine. All right. It's it was fun to watch, but, like, if you asked me to, like, remember any, like, major episodes, like, I probably couldn't, and so now all of my friends will be like, but why, Rebecca? Like, you have watched all of Gilmore Girls. I'm like, I did, and it was fine. Okay. I've also watched all of Desperate Housewives and oh, all of, like, I've watched a lot of all of the, Desperate Housewives actually had a surprisingly good cast in certain areas, but, um, mm-hmm. I mean, at least there was drama. <laughs> okay. Um, let's talk about References. Yes. Because Casablanca has a lot. Yeah. Um, which ones did you pick up? Which ones did you recognize when they came up? Um, the Here's Looking at You Kid, mm-hmm. like, immediately. Yeah. And then um, you pointed out to me, like, the Play It Again Sam on the piano. Mm-hmm. But, um, and you're like, that's Sam from Play It Again Sam. And I'm like, oh, okay, great. And then I would say, I'm trying to think of, I don't think they say, like, directly, like, I think instead of taking it from being, like, play it again, Sam, which I feel like is, like, a one-liner. They, it was a whole plot in and of itself, the, well, play me the song, Sam, play this for me, Sam, and then, like, but I don't know if he, like, ever really distinctly says, like, play it again, Sam. It's, it's play it's, it for me. Play it for me, Sam. Yeah. Um, and so I was like, oh, okay, I get that. Mm-hmm. And then when he goes, at the end, there's this huge, gigantic, the, the huge speech that he gives to mm-hmm. Elsa Bergman. I feel like I've heard that before like i've heard it before i don't know where i've heard it or referenced maybe not today, it maybe, maybe not, not tomorrow but yeah soon and for the rest of your life yes okay. i've heard that before too okay 
I don't know where I heard it or saw it, but it's but been around. But that's the thing about references is like, you know, it's just familiarity. Yeah. There's, a lot of it felt really familiar. Like, yeah. I mean, the ending felt really familiar, which means that I've probably seen the Simpsons episode that sure. is there. Yeah. But, um, like, I'm sure that I've seen other things yeah. with it. If anyone ever says anything along the lines of, like, of all the, you know this type of bar and all the ways she had to walk into mine kind yeah. of thing that's from this too yep. so yeah it's um it's up there with citizen kane with like all the references yeah now i just gotta watch citizen kane well we'll get there we'll get there sometime orson welles episodes coming soon awesome ish this year this year it'll <laughs> happen it'll happen all right so but yeah casablanca was great good i'll watch it again jordan can watch it with you yeah jordan can watch it with me there you go and take it to colorado well, not that soon. Not like, that soon. You've, you've got some other movies that I've given you to watch. Yes. So we'll, we'll, I need to watch those. Yeah. We'll talk about in that. In Colorado. Okay. Yes. Um, so let's talk about the next one. Yeah. What Wait. do you want to talk about next? Uh, let's go ahead and knock out The Graduate. Okay. Because mm. I, as a movie, The Graduate is excellent. Okay. I hated every character in it (laughs) none of them were likable i was annoyed i mean i empathize with all of them Mm -hmm. but also i hated all of them and so um because essentially the graduate is you uh, before you get into why you hate everyone had you seen the graduate before i have yeah okay yeah do you like the graduate uh it's, I think I'm on the same page as her, but okay. like I hadn't watched it in a while, so, but like going back and watching it, I'm like, yeah, these are all terrible people. Mm-hmm. But also, I forgot that the dad is Mr. Feeney. Yeah. From Play Meets World. I was like, holy crap. <laughs> it's Kit from Knight Rider. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I was more into the fact that the, um, Mr. Robinson is the mayor from Jaws. Mm-hmm. But, oh. Anyway. Yeah, I didn't really pay much uh, mind to the movie, I think, over the years. Like, I probably saw it when I was pretty young. Okay. Um, but it never stuck out as, like, a movie I'd ever want to rewatch or anything. Okay. Like, so you both hate it, so feel free to well, chime it's in not, on your I mean, it's Okay, it's not that I hate the movie. Okay. I hate... I can watch a movie and like a movie, but then hate everyone in it. Like, That's fair. I think that that is a more accurate assessment of The Graduate. Like, I love... Like, the whole, like, concept of, like, oh, Mrs. Robinson and, like... I mean, you always hear about, especially when, like, you're a teenager, like, the younger guys running off with the older women and the cougars and the this and the that. And, like, there's this trope that's, like, built up in your head. But also, I'm a regular, like, um, I read in, uh, like, a relationship column just because it's, I read Dan Savage's column, which is really funny. But also, there's this whole thing that he preaches in there where it's, like, people are going to fuck younger people, but you just don't do any damage to them. And then I'm watching this movie and I'm like, fuck, bitch, you're damaging everyone. (laughs) Why? (laughs) Um, I get that you're disillusioned, but like, stop. Stop. Um, Are you okay? okay. Are you okay? okay? Am I being too real? No, it's okay. Just like, bitch, please. Stop. Okay. Yeah, basically everybody makes all of the wrong decisions in this movie. Yeah, yeah. It's a lot of the wrong decisions. Like, so I get the whole... So essentially, I love the idea of you've got uh, Dustin Hoffman, who is this, you know, young guy. He finishes college. Everybody thinks he's great. I love the party sequence because there is nothing that is more uncomfortable and, like, I've been to a lot of graduations, like mine, my sister's. Like, the worst feeling is whenever you're graduating and, like, you get that everybody's there to congratulate you and, like, be like, you're so great. But also it's, like, the most, like, you just want to, like, peel your skin off. It's so uncomfortable. And I was watching that party sequence and I was like, this is the most uncomfortable I've ever been. Like, ever. Like, it's sending me back to every graduation, to every graduation that I've been to. And having it remember, um... I mean, Jordan, the last graduation you went to was my sister's Mm -hmm. and everybody being like, let's take pictures. And it's just like, and you're hurting through crowds and everybody's trying to celebrate and you're all trying to plan. And then you're just doing, what are you doing and what's next? What do you, I mean, thankfully, I mean, yeah, what do you do? What's next with your life? And like all of like that pressure. And I, I would at least attribute to like 
you know, and I cracked under pressure. I did not go to grad school right away. I worked in retail for a year after I graduated. Mm -hmm. I mean, he comes from a rich fucking family, so he got to get a scuba suit and sit in the bottom of the pool and wallow in his own misery for a while because he's a fucking white rich kid. But that's... White male privilege. White male privilege. So um, when everybody's like, you want to do things with your life? Here. Here's your 90 options because you're a white rich kid. But, you know, whatever. Um, At least they were trying to be like, you should go to graduate school. And it's like... Yes, graduate school is a great option. That's what I did eventually. But, I mean, it was like that pressure was uncomfortable. But essentially it's something where he goes to the party. uh, Mrs. Robinson, fucking whore, um, just like. (laughs) Tell us how you really feel. I do not like her. She is a mess. She's fucking messy. She belongs on like, she belongs on all my drama shows. She belongs on 90 Day Fiance. She belongs on the fucking Bachelor, The Bachelorette, Bachelor in Paradise. She belongs on all of that because the drama she gives is reality TV level drama, but set in a fucking movie. And it is teeth-grindingly annoying. Um, So, um, also, like, creepy. Like, she comes on to him, and he's like, no, no, like, I gotta go. So she's also fucking rapey. She is rapey. She's basically 80% of the videos on Pornhub. Well... (laughs) That's not at my wheelhouse. I read books. Thank it's you annoying. very much. Uh, that's how the ladies get their jollies. We read smut books. Um, hey, speak for yourself. Okay. Smut books are great. Uh, <laughs> smut books are great. Um, it's very important. You could tell that she had not... You know what would have solved her problem? Mm. She seems like the person who would have loved Fifty Shades of Grey. She would have left Dustin Hoffman alone if she had just gotten her little nosy face into Fifty Shades of Grey back in whenever this movie... In the 60s, mm. when this movie was made. Yeah. And then maybe she would have been less thirsty. I don't know. Maybe she would have run off with her husband and been like, honey, look, I read these thirsty smut books and please, please give it to me now. I don't know. Either way, I don't like her. I was going to say she just needed a good vibrator, but, you know. Well, also that too, yeah. but that usually goes hand in hands with dirty smut books. Like, you got to have, like, one, two, and it's all, all, right. all goes together, all right. I guess. You can make it a little, like, Mrs. Robinson, like, gift box. Like, are you dissatisfied in your relationship? Here's a vibrator and Fifty Shades of Grey. <laughs> and, like... <laughs> Here you go. It's a shitty book. But, like, look, it's the target audience you're aiming for here. Like, nobody reads Anne Rice's Sleeping Beauty series, which is fantastic, and everybody should. Um, I mean, not everybody. If you're into, like, porny books, it's a great porny book. But I'm so sorry. Um, Mrs. Robinson. Yeah. She's seducing Dustin Hoffman. He goes along with it eventually. The husband gets home. The husband's like, blah, 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 let's talk about your life. Dustin Hoffman goes home and proceeds to... You basically get the long montage of Dustin Hoffman's relationship with Mrs. Robinson, where it's really... He is just disconnected from everything and not giving a shit and proceeding to just have a bunch of sex with Mrs. Robinson. Well, lo and behold, his parents say, like, well, you should do something else with your life. Also, we introduced you. Also, hey, you should go on a date with Mrs. Robinson's daughter. And Mrs. Robinson's like, fuck no, I'll ruin your whole fucking life. And mm-hmm. he's like, no, I'm going to do it anyway. In which I'm like, boundaries. Boundaries. Not safe. Um, So <laughs> he is running off with Mrs. Robinson's daughter and they go on a date. And then he takes her home. And Mrs. Robinson is pissed and... Um, I thought that the, like, whole sneaking around outside of Mrs. Robinson was going to be a much larger chunk of the movie. Instead, it was, like, five sentences. It was like, oh, they went on a date. Oh, they're in love, I guess, because that's what happens when you go on a date. You immediately fall in love because that's how movie romance works. Um, And so, like, they immediately fall in love. And he's like, oh, and Mrs. Robinson is, like out in the rain and she's coming in and she's like I'm gonna tell her and he's like no I'll tell her first and so then they both bust in there and he's like you know that married woman I told you I was with and you were also perfectly fine with me fucking a married woman it's fine it's the 60s um also and like she puts like the two and two together oh it's my mom then basically his whole life falls apart where essentially like the husband like they get a divorce because they should get a fucking divorce because if you're fucking the 22-year-old down the street, you're probably not super happy in your marriage, and the husband's like, oh, did you do this to disrespect me? And it's like, bitch, your wife is fucking thirsty. This guy has nothing to do with it. It's your wife. Of course, she's being a raging bitch and saying he raped her, and so Mrs. Robinson is fucking crazy. Um, So Mrs. Robinson needs 
actually, you know what? She needs more. And she needs, she needs like heavy mood stabilizers and antipsychotics in the sex box that I was talking about. Like the Mrs. Robinson kit. Like vibrator, 50 shades, mood stabilizers, like referral for therapy and a divorce attorney. Like little business cards. Um, (laughs) I'll make a website, start selling them. Um, But uh, anyway, so they're getting a divorce. Their daughter goes off to college and then... And the daughter, it's, like, fine, I guess, whatever. She's just super spineless. Like, she's just spineless, which I also really didn't like because I'm like, you have a spine to set literally one boundary at one point, which is, you fucked my mom. Let's not be together. Right. Um, And so then she goes off to grad school, and then Dustin Hoffman goes from zero to 80 of, I'm going to be a creepy fucking stalker and follow you to grad school and then just show up. And I'm just saying. But that's after he tells his parents that he's going to marry her. Yes. Also yes. that <laughs> Without her knowing. Yeah. See, that point I was like, no! <laughs> red flag, red flag. Yeah. <laughs> Come see, on, Mr. Feeney. He's basically like super incel. Um, like if I read about him <laughs> on like our red pillars, yeah, I'd be he's like, He's such a nice guy. Sure, Why yeah. shouldn't he's, she marry him? He's, he's a nice guy. Like I'm a nice guy. No. <clears throat> um, so... Uh, anyway, so he gets in his fantastic car, um, and, like, drives off to college or whatever. Also, I will say, to compare this to a serial killer named Ted fucking Bundy, who went to go stay in all of the college housing down in Florida, who was auditing classes in air quotes, and then proceeded to murder a bunch of women. I'm just saying, Dustin Hoffman went to go to a college he didn't go to, to, quote, audit classes to fucking stalk a woman. I'm just saying he's setting up to be a serial killer. I'm very passionate about this issue. Um, I, like, I like this connection you've made here. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. that was literally She the was saying thing. it like while we were watching it. She was like, you know who else did this? Ted Bundy. <laughs> <laughs> so my point stands. All these people are bad people. So he shows up to the college and like he fucking stalks her everywhere just all over the place also i love how his parents were apparently just fucking fine with it they're like oh you're gonna go marry oh bye and then like shrugs it off when they meet up like just runs after a bus while she's even watching and yeah gets on and he's like oh oh you're here too huh yeah (laughs) and then he like follows her and then meets her with you know um, also, apparently, like, sh- I think there's rumors of that she is pregnant or something like that because they need to do, like, lab testing or whatever. Um, no, that's just in the 60s. You-, you have to get a blood test before you got married. Oh. Mm. Or certain states, maybe, still. Oh. But, yeah, you used to have to get a blood test before you got married. Weird. Oh, okay. I thought they were she was, like, pregnant that, or something. No, that's why he kept pushing the blood test thing. Oh. Mm. That makes more sense. Okay. I mean, I'm I mean, the frat option. guys think that she's pregnant because yeah. of the quote-unquote shotgun wedding that she's with the blonde guy. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Yeah. He seemed like a human with skin. Um, and Not eyes. really, though, because they all of his frat buddies were joking about like you know, oh, are you gonna pass her around to us, kind of thing? Like, like maybe he's also a scumbag. Every there's nobody good in no, this movie. No, there's nobody good in this movie. So. Um, He's now, he like, she gets, he falls in love and she agrees to marry him. And then, because nothing says romance like stalking somebody across state lines. Mm-hmm. So romantic. And then also, when you're in a relationship with another person and he's like, and like, at no point did she apparently break up with the other guy because they run off to go get married. Because her parents pull her out of school to go get married to the other guy because reasons um they're like nah you can't be with the guy who fucked your mom right which is also reasonable but also the hey don't marry the guy who fucked your mom so therefore you need to go marry the other guy and i'm like but why there's no reason to marry another guy because you don't it just it doesn't have to be getting married um (laughs) so Basically, so she runs off. He's super upset. The who shows up? Is it? I can't remember. I'm very worked up. If, if it's the <laughs> husband, or it's like her dad, or Mrs. Robinson, who show up to his housing, and they're like, "Oh, I'm gonna threaten you," which gets it him, was the dad. It's the dad who yeah. gets him kicked out of the housing. I can't remember who threatened yeah. off Dustin Hoffman anymore. All I know is everybody's shitty. Yeah. Um, so 
And so then he gets kicked out of his housing, and then he has to go find out where she's getting married. So he goes to find the frat guys, and all the frat guys are assholes. And he is in the iconic scene that Jordan showed me in Simpsons and... Wayne's World. Two. Wayne's World 2, yep. Yeah, because um, I've seen the first Wayne's World. I haven't yeah. seen the second one. Um, and the iconic scene where he is driving the little Alfa Romeo, which, fuck him, by the way, for getting a cool car for graduating college. You know what I got for graduating college? Mm. Debt and guilt. Um, hey, same. So, uh, working in retail for a year. Um, I got this dope-ass ring. Um, oh, you still wear your... I didn't... I, I do, because I used to think it was really cool when I was like, I was married to school, you know? <laughs> um... Because it's the most comfortable finger to wear on it. And okay. so, uh, but also it's the only ring I have. And when I don't wear anything on this finger, it feels naked. So, um, okay. and I've got like calluses and stuff where it is. So anyway, um, yeah, so he's driving to go find the wedding and he stops at the gas station to get directions. Um, and then gets directions, runs out of gas because he's just in such a fucking hurry because he's a fucking idiot. Um, that he doesn't get gas at the gas station because he's just that worked up. Mm -hmm. And he's running to the church in the iconic scene where he's banging on the windows and he's screaming her name and he's like, ah! And, um, and then she turns around and she looks up at him and then she says his name and then they run off together and get on a bus because apparently it's just Sure, why not? I will say at the end, it did not look like they were particularly happy. It looked like they went like, whoops, I fucked up my life. And do you know what? They did. They have no money, no jobs, and they ran off together. And I doubt at this point, neither of them even are capable of basic life having skills based on observing them and their relationship with their parents. So <laughs> fuck all of them. <laughs> and it was an enjoyable movie to watch, to hate everyone in it. <laughs> Did you, um, so with regard to the, the last, the ending scene and like the looks on their faces, like that, that sort of, oh It looks shit. like they were thinking for the first fucking time in an hour and a half. Okay. Yeah. Pretty much that. <laughs> um. Otherwise they were thinking with their genitals, but no, not one point did a thought pass right. through anywhere between their ears. Yeah. So then what do you think, like, if, if every character was hateable... Yeah. Um, ...and that these people ended up together who shouldn't have, then what do you think was the point of the movie? Oh, no, they 100% deserve each other because they're both shitty people who make terrible fucking decisions. <laughs> like, honestly, they're both terrible people. They deserve each other. Get yourselves out of the pool, but, like, in ten years when you're hating each other and you're in the same position as your parents, because all your parents are fucking dysfunctional. Actually, his parents weren't that dysfunctional. Like, yeah, his parents seemed... They're the most normal people. They the seemed world. relatively normal. Yeah. Like, they seemed like well-intentioned rich people who were like, we're going to throw a party sure. and suck up to other rich people. Like, they seemed fine. Okay. Like, you know, they were like, get off your ass, do something else with your life. We're going to show you off to everybody. Like, they seemed like the most normal people. So, so you know... I, I'm... All right. I'm kind of glad that we talked about Casablanca first and then this one. Because if you think about, like, what the main point or one of the main themes of Casablanca is, is about, you know... Being a good person. Well, yeah, being a good person, but also putting others before yourself and, like, you know, making a sacrifice for others. This, on the other hand, is a complete opposite. Everyone... No. It's a selfish dick. Yeah. Like, everyone <laughs> is sort of in it for themselves. So going back to my other question then, like, what do you think was the point of this movie like why do we want to watch a movie about a bunch of people who we hate and are just completely selfish i mean it serves as a good reminder and a good like purpose as essentially like i mean there's a reason why there are anti-heroes and people that you you know people that you root for even though they're awful people and mm -hmm. so i think it like at least goes to show you know the errors of thinking and especially like the i i guess there's like a warning like don't fuck someone's mom, um, like, who's married. I mean... Love I can mean, hurt others. Love can hurt others. Like, I think that it's something where it just kind of goes to show all of the places where, hey, maybe there is... Like, I would say that the most thing that stuck out to me is that if you just go with whatever other people who... Like, the thing that stuck out to me was Dennis Hoffman's... Dustin. Dustin's Hoffman's... Uh, 
apathy mm-hmm. and how he just let that apathy just kind of take over his life and he just made whatever decision felt best at the time without thinking through. Mm-hmm. And that's what stuck out. Like the apathy and the just disconnectedness really went to like stuck out to me. Mm-hmm. And then I think that if you just disconnect from other people, you're going to other people might make their you can, you're you're the only one who is in control of your choices. I say that a lot. I say it a lot at work. Um, like you're the only person who chooses for you mm-hmm. and you have to consider the consequences of your actions. And this movie is a lot of not considering consequences for your actions and a lot of that can come from if you're just apathetic. Mm-hmm. And so I mean why would we want to watch a movie about it? I mean, it's a it's a good movie. It's not something I think that I had seen as far as anything done. I don't I haven't watched a lot of movies before it was made in what like nineteen sixty seven or something. But my guess is that it hadn't been like this trope hadn't necessarily like existed. Um, Do you it, think? It, I was gonna say it was just for all the Simon and Garfunkel. What's that? I said it was just watchable for all the Simon and Garfunkel. Oh, okay. <laughs> I know that you stole a quiz question from me. Oh, okay. my bad. That's all right. I'm yeah, like, no, nobody was mentioning it. We brought it up, I know. <laughs> I know. Um, you have to mention it for me to remember it for her to quiz, quiz me on it later. That's true. Um, so, well, you got to so mention me, it or else I'll forget. <laughs> let me ask you this, then. Do you think that um, this would have been the same movie if the characters were lower middle class? No, absolutely not. It's Probably so much different. Well, if you're lower middle class, you can't just fuck off after graduating college. You have to get a job. You can't, like... Not just, like, those specifics, but, like, the characters. Do you think they would Oh, I think they'd be significantly less entitled. I mean, don't get me wrong. All classes of people can be super dramatic and messy. But I think that the sense of entitlement would be gone. Okay. Um, And I think that a lot of it comes from... I mean, the sense of entitlement just, like goes throughout the movie is that sense of entitlement and it's it seems pretty universal to me like the people being messy mm-hmm. i mean yeah people are messy but i don't just that like, whole scenario can i think can play out regardless i mean i think you could definitely have that scenario i i wouldn't say it's something where like i would say that a similar scenario would happen i don't necessarily would think it would be like the exact i mean people are messy mm. but i don't know if like you don't have to be rich to stalk a person or bang no, somebody's mom no 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 no. like that necessarily wouldn't happen but also it's something where you do need to be rich to get usually <clears throat> or you at least need to have some sense of money to get across the country have a place to live and do all of that without having a job how do you think how do we think that he funded also all of have this? an affair so easily like they can just stay in a hotel like what every night like, yeah, yeah that's true yeah they, yeah, they stayed in a hotel like they didn't well, there's hourly hotels you can get yeah but they weren't staying in an hourly hotel. no, no they're staying in the nice hotel yeah a lot. So that can get expensive True. and gross. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there's like Airbnbs, but that's different. But I think that it would be, I think that no matter what your socioeconomic status is, you can be dramatic and messy. But I would say that at least for the purpose of this movie, I think that it's helpful to have it in, I think it's helpful to have it and not as exploitative because mm-hmm. I think that essentially what we were watching is a rich person's episode of Maury. Basically, right. you yeah. fucked my mom. I'm in love with your daughter. You followed me across state lines. Are you the father? Is it the frat dude? Yeah, it's basically, you know, 1967 Cinema Mori. <laughs> uh, Jordan pointed this out with the music. Yeah. Did you like that? I mean, that's not I did my, like, that's not no, my I jam. No, I did like that music. Okay. Um, no, 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 no. It's, a, it's my jam. It, my parents listened sure. to, my parents listened to a lot of so I would say, I don't think they ever told me if it was Simon and Garfunkel, but we listened to a lot of the Beatles. Okay. Um, and so, like, I've heard Here's to You, Mrs. Robinson a billion Somebody times. Who redid that song in the 90s? Um, it was one of those, like, yeah, 90s. I don't know. Alt- I didn't hear. Anyway. I don't know if the, I don't I don't think I heard that. I think okay. I heard, like, the, I listened to a lot of music from, like, the 60s and 70s. Okay. Um, when I was So you really recognize that? Oh, I recognized all the music pretty okay. much immediately. And it felt like, the way that I watched it, it felt like, it felt like, it, it felt really weird because I'm like, I feel like instead of listening to this on a CD, really, like, all this music was made for this movie. It was. Oh, okay, great. Um, <laughs> so, because everything I would have heard was, like, from my dad on CDs. Mm. And so, okay. at no point do I remember having a The Graduate soundtrack, but I'm like, right. I've heard all these songs before. Yeah. 
There's covers by Bon Jovi, Jesus. The Lemonheads, Indigo Girls. Jesus. Um, I think The Lemonheads is the one I was thinking of for like the 90s alternative. Yeah, that band. seems to be the most recent. Or okay. Indigo Girls was the most recent, but yeah, they were 1992. Was bon Jovi did one? Bon Jovi, I guess, did a cover. Yeah. Jesus. I've not heard it from Bon Jovi. All right. I've heard it from elsewhere. Uh, On the topic of music, did you pick up on who did the music for the next movie, Harold and Maude? Oh, I didn't pick up on who did the music, but I loved all of the music. Jordan? I'm trying to remember the music. Oh. It's been a little bit since we watched it. Um, Yeah, the the music didn't stand out. He converted to Islam. Anybody? Uh, oh, that doesn't help. Okay. Nope. Cat Stevens? <laughs> oh, Cat Stevens. Yes, and I should remember this because when we were drinking at Jordan's birthday party, uh, my dad mentioned Cat Stevens. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, did you rewatch this with your dad? Because your dad brought it up at Jordan's birthday I did not party. get to rewatch it with my dad. Okay. Um, but I do remember, like, I feel like I had seen possibly the opening sequence okay. wherever he's hanging himself. Yes. I feel like I saw that as a child. Okay. I don't remember really anything else about that movie because I probably wouldn't have. Honestly, knowing me at like, if my dad said he watched it and showed it to me at like 10 or 11, mm-hmm. I was way too much of a spaz <clears throat> to sit down and pay much attention to anything. Sure. So I could have seen how I would have paid attention to probably the opening sequence and then tuned out literally everything else. Okay. Um, had you seen Harold? I had not. Oh, okay. And I fucking loved it. Oh, gay. Yeah. It was, that was my jam more okay. than the graduate. Yeah. It's like, uh, yeah, so I rewatched it <clears throat> too and I just remembered like why I love it. So I love Harold. It's just his, yeah, his attitude towards everything and like just fucking with people and just kind of like doing his own thing. And then on top of that, his fucking choice in cars Oh, yeah. Drum and I was just cars. like, there, there I'm like, yes, I want a Jaguar Hearst hybrid. <laughs> yeah. Like, give that to me. Like, I was looking up and like, there's a guy who remade that car. No way. Yeah. Like, That's as rad. like a side project. And he said it took him like years to make it. That's neat. And then I was looking and I'm like, that Cadillac looks super familiar. His first Hearst. I'm mm-hmm. like, that looks super familiar. It looks like the, the Ecto-1, the Ghostbusters Ecto-1. Right. And it's similar. It's not the same. It's the same year. It's still a Cadillac. Okay. But the... the uh, the Ghostbusters, the Ecto one was an ambulance conversion, mm. so it was like a little bit tweaked, but okay. it is mostly the same hearse. Neat. Fun fact. Jordan really liked the cars. But yeah, I like cars. <laughs> he, and Harold. He, he, and yeah. Harold. And Maude was cool too. Maude was great. Maude was fantastic. Maude is like who everybody should have as a grandma. Also, Maude was a Holocaust survivor. Um, and so I was like, did Erica give this to me? Because <laughs> I'm a Holocaust survivor. Um, no, but no, I knew it was because it's like a super iconic, like love sucks situation. It is, but I also knew like when you saw that, you were going to say, did Erica give this movie to me because, because of this? So, yeah. yeah it's got, but I yeah. also like how it didn't like, I like how it didn't, I would say like overblow the situation. It's just one of those things where it's like, oh, this is something that existed and happened in her life. And like, it is something that, um, also there is a book, uh, Simon Wiesenthal, who wrote called The Sunflower, which is also a book about, like, it's like another Holocaust memoir book. But, um, mm. it was just something where, like, I, I didn't think about that literally until now. I'm like, oh, this guy wrote a book about the sunflowers and she loves sunflowers. And I'm like, oh, that's cool. I don't <laughs> think that was related. I think he wrote that book much later. But, um, anyway, hope and flowers and whatever. But, no, I would say that it can really be an impactful like it would just be something that is so impactful and all of the philosophies and like lifestyles and stuff that have um and all of the people who have written about or survived the holocaust and all of the literature that has come up from that about like how to live your life and how to you know just exist in yourself with that trauma Mm -hmm. like it has just spurred so much literature that i have like readily consumed and so um anyway i was like I will take Maude's philosophy. That sounds great. Yeah. Um, well, the thing I like so much about that, too, is, like, it's, it, they, like you said, they don't beat it over your head. No. Like, there's one shot of her tattoo on her arm mm-hmm. that's not even at the beginning of the movie. It's, like, it's, there's the way through it. it. It's almost, toward, it's, like, almost at the end of it. Yeah. And so it's, like, all, all it's asking you as the audience to do is just say, oh, okay, like, she had to go through this horrific experience, mm-hmm. like, and she t- chose to live her life this way. Now it makes complete sense. Like they don't need to spell it out for you. No, all they need to do is like give you that one shot. Whereas like movies today 
would be like how many flashbacks do you want exactly you know so with very dark gray i mean poland was pretty gray when we went that day yeah but like but, it's over when it gets yeah. overcast in europe it's fucking miserable yeah but it's but fucking like, miserable overcast anywhere that's just like one of the things i really really like oh about yeah this i mean i love this movie and on the note of the hey do like if you're going to be in a relationship with somebody who's significantly younger than you and mm-hmm. the whole do no harm, mm-hmm. like, she helped Harold process through, like, what he wants in life and how to come out of a shell and how to be vulnerable and how to interact with other people and really give him, like, help him to figure out what he wants in life as opposed to what other people want in his life. And, you know, like, she gave him that and did no harm, and that is what you're supposed to do, according to the advice column that I read, mm-hmm. when you're in a relationship with people who are significantly younger than you. Unlike fucking bitch-ass Mrs. Robinson over there, who just harmed <laughs> everyone. But, so, I loved, I loved Harold and Maude. I loved Harold, I loved his, like, the humor. I also really loved how his mom was so fucking over it because <laughs> like it's one of those things where like I'm, I, was, I was like I'm like curious about like the root of the behavior like I get it when it's like you are basically ignored so you're just trying to get a rise out of everybody like and as someone who works with vulnerable youth yeah. who do get ignored a lot of the time who do act out in very interesting ways yeah. I'm just like please God do not watch this movie yeah. um please yeah no because number one it goes against everything that I've been trying to tell you about fucking older people and also like which is don't do it <laughs> and also he will start doing crazy things that I don't want to have to do the paperwork for um, <laughs> like setting yourself on fire in the garden and then showing up otherwise or stealing a police motorcycle well that's what she did <laughs> I know. she stole it that's what she did no 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 no, I don't even want to go into that because that's happened. Oh, well, um, he still ate it and abetted. He kid, ate it so. and abetted. I loved how they replanted the tree. I'm like, the tree is trapped. We're going to go free the tree. And I'm just like, it's beautiful. This whole movie's beautiful. I love Harold and Maude. Like, it is definitely going to be one of those movies that I'm like, I can see this being like a comfort movie. Like, I can oh. watch this movie over and over and over again. Yeah. It's exactly my style of humor. It's mm-hmm. dry. It's funny. It's dark. Like, I loved the entertainment of like, you're just... I feel like poor Harold is just, like, so closed off from everything. And, again, just super apathetic. But the way that he manages it is, like, I'm he's going to places where people are in just, like, heightened emotional states mm-hmm. and then going to go do that. Um, have, you sh- have you seen Fight Club? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Did, I've seen Fight Club. Okay. Did you make any sort of connection to how Harold and Maude met to how Edward Norton and Helena Bonham Carter met? Oh man, I really need to rewatch like, Fight Club. Like they like meet in, in crude su- miseration, kind of. Like. Yeah, like yeah. they both meet. They meet at like support, like drug mm-hmm. support groups, or well, like, you're what? not supposed to do that. Well, I know, but, but like, but Helen Bottom Carter is just there for like kicks and entertainment, yeah. kind of yeah. like Mod is. Yeah, yeah, and like he's there to sort of like like you mentioned, like just try to feed off of like either he like, just wants to have feelings he wants to like be around that sort of thing hmm. and yeah. so like Actually, I, I didn't think about that but yeah the first time i saw fight club i was like harold and Maude did that first <laughs> so. i mean it's really good like it's like i love the oh well you like i love like the concept of like meeting in those circumstances i love just how like it's something where you have such a like morose, morose young man and this like vibrant older woman. And then I'm sitting here. I think I saw it before I got my hair cut because now I'm just like, I want to do the braid thing. Mm-hmm. Um, like that would be super fun. And so I really, really loved all of it. I loved all of the intricate ways of Harold attempting to get a rise out of his mom and trying mm-hmm. to kill himself. And then... I loved his mom's really ridiculous. I loved the I loved the scene where the mom is like setting up his dating profile and she's <laughs> answering all the questions for him. Yeah. As her as him as herself. Right. And he like shoots himself in the head. Um, <laughs> like all of it was hilarious. Do you um, have a favorite uh, fake suicide? The fire. Yeah, you laughed a lot during the fire. I laughed a lot during the fire. Is that yours too, Jordan? Yeah, I think the fire was pretty good. Okay. The fire was really good. They were all, all pretty fun. Actually, I like the seppuku better. Nice. Yeah. yeah. The seppuku was think, really funny. That, but just like how the girl also reacts. Yeah. And she just picks up on it and just rolls with it. See, I'm just like, that's what awesome. I would like is, is like, I feel like that girl could have been, I'm like, I was kind of like rooting for that. I was like, oh, 
you're a little off, too. Like, yeah. I feel like, you know, he could meet her again and then be, like, yeah. with, like, this new worldly knowledge. Yeah. And they would... Maybe. I mean, maybe I that's, like, why she's in there. And like, maybe that's maybe why she's in there. Like, you're like, oh. Later and, yeah, that Like, happen. she's the first person who doesn't freak out about it. She yeah. just, like, leans in. And yeah. I'm like, I feel, feel like, like, all that I wanted for Harold is somebody who just, like, leans into that. Like, yeah. and Maude, like, leans in and they lean together in, like, their own dark way. And then she, like, lifts him up and gives him things to do. And yeah. it's just so happy and wonderful. And so, and I appreciate her. I mean, I will say, like, I loved how they did let her die. Like, they couldn't have done it any other way. Um, mm-hmm. Like, they had to let her, like... It's on her own terms. On her own terms. Um, so I loved... And I mean, I love how it's something where... Number one, I can't believe she would be 80, because she looks not 80, but... Um, well, she does the breathing thing. Yeah. You know? Breathing is good. Um, well, no, I mean, she does, like, She explains that, that like, in the movie, She yeah. explains in the movie there's that part where when he when she says, I'm going to be 80 next week or whatever, and he's like, you don't look like that. And she says, oh, I do, like, the... The breathing in the morning The or weird breathing thing. Yeah, 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 She yeah, de- yeah. demonstrates it for him, so... But, um, I know, I think, even prior to when she tried... Like, she alludes to the fact that she does not want to live past 80. Right. Like, very early on. Oh, she, like, um, straight up foreshadows, like... Yeah, yeah it's when super it's Carousel's coming. It. Yeah. <laughs> and then, like, and then he does this, like, huge, beautiful birthday for her. And then she's like, well, I'm going to die. And he's like, but wait, no. And she's like, no, man, just let me go. And he's like, but no, I, I, yeah. I give a shit. Yeah. Um, and so, I mean, and then she goes. I loved how he, like, gets the rise out of his mom when he's like, I'm going to get married to Maude. And she's yeah. like, what? No. Um. So I loved every, I loved every part of this movie. Mm-hmm. Like, hands down will own and or will find streaming yeah. if I you should own it yeah I should own it it yeah. seems like a movie that I could watch over and over like American Psycho but Harold, Harold the Mod reminded me of so I had just binged watched a bunch of Billy on the Street yeah like about a month ago or something uh-huh. I don't know if you watch any of those episodes I, I've seen some of them on like YouTube have so you seen yeah. any of the ones where he's with this old lady named Elena so like in the first it's season or second season he comes so. across this like older lady who he like drags around part of New York like yeah. answering questions with things and uh-huh. usually he just does it as a bit with random people and then uh-huh. never sees him again okay. but then throughout his seasons he kept going back to her and bringing her on yeah and she's just like this this carefree like really nice like old lady that has like good quips and everything like that mm-hmm. and like he's always just you know very fast-paced and like kind of angry and like yeah you know doing that kind of thing so it's like a great foil. that yeah that dynamic with those two together reminded me a lot of harold and maude oh it's good. For anybody who likes Billy on the Street. Billy on the Street's great. Okay. So, but yeah, Harold Mod A++. Okay. Do you recommend? All right. Mm-hmm. So I don't think I have to ask you your favorite of the three. Then. No, Harold and Maude. Yeah, okay. I mean, I know that Casablanca holds that special place in your heart. And it's it is fine. like your movie. I think that Harold and Maude might be my movie. Like, I feel like that might be, like, you watch Casablanca, like, at least, like, once a year mm-hmm. and do that. And I feel like yeah. I, I could watch Harold and Maude and also be like, yeah. I can watch this every year. Yeah. And be happy with it. Your movie doesn't need to be my movie, and vice versa. No, Harold Mott is great. We all have our, our things. So. Also, I'm really proud of my parents for apparently showing that to me at a very young age. Yeah. So. Nice. Thanks, Mom and Dad. Sorry I didn't remember it. <laughs> Oops. Uh, ready for a quiz? Yeah. He's looking at you, kid. Cat Stevens. <laughs> That's answer to number three. Of course, only, you only remember the cat. Cat Stevens. That's why Simon I, and Garfunkel. That's why I thought you would pick up on that because because it, it's in the credits. It does say in the Maude. it does say in the credits. All right. But what like what's funny is that like thinking back on it is just like my dad talking to my mom and being like, yeah, it's got the movie with like where Cat Stevens did the music for it. Like yeah, watching my parents at it was so cute watching my parents meet everybody at Jordan's birthday. They were so entertained. It was so cute. Uh, All right, and then you technically already sort of answered number two, which was music for The Graduate. Simon and Garfunkel. There you go. All right. Here's to you, fucking Mrs. Robinson. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking Mrs. Robinson or fucking Mrs. Robinson? Just everybody who fucked Mrs. Robinson. They need to get themselves checked. I don't know if anybody needs protection and all that. Mm. Probably not. Probably not. All right. Then going in reverse, then question number one. Okay. Uh, name at least three references from Casablanca. 
here's looking at you, kid. Play it again, Sam. And then, if there is anything that I could something something do again in the world, blah blah blah. That I, I, I can get like the intonation. What's funny is like, I can get the intonation of mm-hmm. like his speech where yeah. he's just like, if there's anything that I can, like that I would do in the world, it would be with you. And it's like that is like the delivery, and like I can feel it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I mean, I guess that's technically a third reference. Uh, no. What? Mm. You haven't even seen Castlevania. I know the references, though. And I can tell you the other reference. What's the other reference? It's like of all the bars and whatever, she yeah, had to walk into mine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that. That's yeah. one. Yeah, that's it. And then how about the at the very end? What did oh. he say to her? Um, I mean, other than here's looking at you, kid. Yeah. But. Um, about regret. Oh, I mean, he doesn't regret any of it. No, what does he tell her about regret? Oh, I can't remember. <laughs> I can't remember. When will she regret it? Oh, all for the rest of her life. Maybe not today. Maybe, maybe not, not tomorrow, tomorrow. But soon. soon. And for, for the rest of, of your, your life. life. Okay. Yeah. That's the thing is like, I'm like, I know the references because I can see them <laughs> in my head. Like, I see it. It's there. Right, right. there. Okay. Um. So that's our Valentine's Day movies. Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad that you found a movie that you love. Yeah. That makes me happy. I do. I'm glad Jordan and Jordan sounds like he liked it a lot too. He Nobody did. liked The Graduate, but that's okay. I mean, well, I know the movie. No, you're is not good. supposed to like that. I feel like you're not to supposed like to like the people in The Graduate. Yeah. I liked the movie. Yeah. I enjoyed the movie. Yeah. I also, it's also something where like I can watch a movie and like to watch a movie because I hate everyone in it, which is always a fun thing to do. Okay. Like I enjoy hating people. Yeah. I watch Same. The Bachelor and not, and shit like that. Okay. Literally, all of what I watch is basically hating people. <laughs> Got it. All right. Are you going to open up the episode with Bon Jovi shot through the heart? <laughs> no, here's to you, fucking Mrs. Robinson. <laughs> no, because... Uh... Well, whatever like, rights, yeah. she has rights and I don't stuff have to think of. Oh, that's okay. true. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I, if I put in any music, it's one where it, like they're yeah. dead. They're, like, they're dead <laughs> for, for a long time, or I don't have to worry about rights issues. So, yeah, but no, like, you can just... I'm sure, like, after this episode, that Mrs. Robinson song is going to be stuck in plenty of people's heads. Oh, yeah. You're welcome, people (laughs) of the world. All right. Uh, You ready for your homework for next month? Mm Mm-hmm. We are going to do one that is, we're going to focus on an actor for next month. Ooh. I'm going to give you two movies. Okie dokie. Is it Christopher Lee? It is not. Oh. We'll save him for, we'll get, when we get closer to Halloween. Okay. Because, Yeah. Um, we're going to do Jack Nicholson. Ooh. Ooh. Next month. Excellent. I'm going to give you two movies. Okay. First one is One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Okie dokie. You have not seen that? I have that. not seen that. Okay. Uh, the other one is Chinatown. I have also not seen that. All right. Um, trigger warning about Chinatown. Uh, it is directed by Roman Polanski. Oh. Please well. don't do too de- deep of a dive on Wikipedia. Oh, about Roman Polanski? Oh, I know yeah. all about Roman Polanski. Uh, okay. I know a lot about the all the stuff with uh, Charles Manson and Roman Polanski's wife, poor Sharon Tate. Okay. So, so I've dug into Roman Polanski. All right. Please don't bring that bias into this movie. No, 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 no. I mean. That's all I'm going to say. He's done, like. I'm not apologizing. There are people who but... do good work even if they are shitty, shitty people. Right. So, yeah, but I mean, I've gone on record as like going like the fucking Jeepers Creepers guy being like, fuck that guy and everything he did. That's because he makes garbage films. Yeah. Also. Yeah. On top of being a pedophile. Yeah. Convicted. It's not alleged. He is convicted. He is convicted. So. All right. So we're going to do those movies uh, next month. Jack Nicholson. It's going to be a You Don't Know Jack episode. Nurse Ratched. Mm -hmm. That's where that comes from. Oh, my God. You already got a reference. All right. You know who's in that movie, too? Brad Dourif. <gasps> mm-hmm. They don't and, even tell you. And the there's box. Simpsons references in it. There's lot. Yeah, there's Simpsons. Oh, well, not not in it, but of it. Sorry. Yeah. Of it. <laughs> they do the whole window mm-hmm. thing. Yeah. So Jordan will show you that after you guys watch it. You've I had to watch it. that in high school. Did you? Yeah. Oh. One of my teachers. Did you like it? Or yeah, you, I liked it. Have you seen it since? Um, I think I watched it a couple years later. Okay. Um, but it's been a while since I've done a lot, like full watch through. Like, okay. but I know of the. The movie and the plot. Okay. Have you seen Chinatown? I have not. Yeah. I'm excited. And I'm trying to remember, like, if... Becca, have you seen Shining? 
The Shining? Yeah. Yes. Okay. I just I, I thought there was some iconic like Jack Nicholson thing. That's you the seen. only reason I didn't include okay. that, the Shining. Because I, I have was seen like, the I know she's seen okay. that because okay. Stephen King. It's yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, I've seen the Shining. I think I watched that with my cousins. Cool. All right. So Jack Nicholson next month. Um, yeah. I'm excited. If you want to stay up to date with the latest episodes, you can follow this podcast on Twitter at C A W Podcast. Facebook or Instagram under customers also watch. Christopher Lloyd? Yes, he's in it too. And Danny DeVito? Yes. Mm-hmm. Everyone's in the movie, Becca. Dang. <laughs> yeah, the movie's nuts. Jesus. <laughs> yeah, they're in a mental hospital. That makes sense. Okay. Oh, yeah, your social justice boner might go off in that one too. That's but no, fine. no 1989 Tim Burton Batman? I just assumed that you would have shown that to her already. No. Yeah, I think I think she's seen it, but I think I've seen sure. it. Okay, I've at least seen a lot of it. Okay, lots of it. There. Well, here's the thing: is like we've got two for this. But this episode. is like good. Yeah, Jack those are good. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And then, well, yeah. And then we'll uh, not. I'm not questioning those, but um, but we've got some <laughs> movies for the other, the horror side for next month too. Mm-hmm. So Excellent. I don't want I don't want to overstack. But I know you guys are going on a trip soon, so you've got yep. plenty of options. Yeah, stuff to watch. I'm smart and I planned it for over President's Day, nice. where everything's closed, which is fine because we'll be in a cabin. Just right. a mountain. Just, just the mountains closed. The mountains closed. Nice. The ice skating might be open. There you go. Yeah. All right. Uh, thanks for listening, everyone, and we'll see you next month for You Don't Know Jack with Rebecca and Jordan. Yeah. Happy Hour is the podcast that celebrates real-ass human women, whether they use their baby box or not. Hosted by Kelly Nerdzilla Mendenhall and Debbie Jo Nelson, a non-mom happy hour is a safe space to talk about mental health, trauma, disordered eating, surviving, and self-care. We talk about it all while laughing as much as possible, because if you don't laugh, you'll cry. If you like to laugh, feel like you've never quite fit into most lady groups or podcasts because you're not a mom, or are a mom who needs a break from momming for an hour, you should come hang out with us. A non-mom happy hour, bringing healing through laughter and community. Streaming basically everywhere you could possibly want to find us. Remember, always be a real-ass human. To check out the podcast, visit anonmomhappyhour.com.